So in our study of Deuteronomy so far, we've seen God's call to heart obedience, right? That's what Moses is trying to get across in his final words to the new generation that's about to go into the land. We've, we've seen this throughout the first nine chapters. <clears throat> but then you come into chapter 10, and I want to I point out something that I don't think has been said anywhere else in the Bible so far. And I want you to think about Think about it. Deuteronomy chapter 10, look at verse 12. Now, some of this is just great to read, but it's going to be a little bit later that I'll highlight this one line that I don't know how we're supposed to understand it. Look at chapter 10, verse 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord. Verse 14, I mean, just to think of this. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth with all that's in it. Yet the Lord set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them, you above all peoples as you are this day. Just reminding him. Remember how much God has loved you. And just think, what does God really want from you? It, but just to, to love him and to serve him, to walk with him. This is what God wants from you. But then look at chapter 10, verse 16. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart and be no longer stubborn. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart. So there's been this sign of physical circumcision since Genesis 17, right? To mark out the children of Abraham the people on whom God has set his love. But here, what does Moses say? You need to circumcise your heart. That's what you really need. He's not displacing circumcision physically. They, they need to practice this. It's part of the law. It's part of what God wants for his people at this time is, physical circumcision, but that is insufficient on its own. And maybe even physical circumcision is supposed to remind the people of their need for heart circumcision, for God to strip away the hardness of their hearts, for God to transform or change their hearts. And think about it in Deuteronomy. Everything in Deuteronomy is about loving God from the heart. And now Moses says, for the first time, I think, in the Bible, you need to circumcise your heart. Now, I want to ask you, what if you wanted to respond to Moses by saying, yes, I agree with you. How, how do I do that again? Like, how do I, you know, what, what exactly am I supposed to do with this command? 
right? If, if, if Moses says, you need to change your heart, that's your only hope. And you say, I agree with you, Moses. I want to do that. But how do you do that? Is that something that you can do, that you can just change your heart, circumcise your heart? This is a question that isn't really answered right here in the text, but it's, this seems really, really important. And as you read through Deuteronomy, you're going to find out it's very significant for the future of the people of Israel. Now, you go through Deuteronomy. I, I, I love the book of Deuteronomy. We're not going to be able to spend much time looking through the middle of it, but you could either at least maybe read through the headings on your own. You'll learn all sorts of things about uh, prophets, false prophets who claim to be speaking in the name of the Lord. What do you do with them? You'll learn about more things about Passover. You learn things about God's plan to raise up a king and what the king is going to need to be like. Uh, there's all sorts of great things in Deuteronomy. But what I want to point us to is Deuteronomy chapter 27 and following. Okay, so we're going to skip all the way forward to Deuteronomy chapter 27. And, and we're not going to go through everything that's in chapters 27 to 30, but I want you to see what's going to happen whenever the people... <clears throat> get into the land. Moses wants the people, once they get into the land, and he knows he's not going to take them in. But when they get there, they're supposed to have this like ceremony where they're sort of renewing the covenant with God and where they're reminding themselves of the blessings in front of them if they obey in this land and of the curses that will fall on them if they disobey. That's, that's kind of what's happening. So, so Moses is giving instructions about what to do when they get into the land. And look at Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 11. It says, That day Moses charged the people, saying, When you've crossed over the Jordan, these shall stand on Mount Gerizim to bless the people. And he lists out several people, and then verse 13, or several tribes, and then verse 13, And these shall stand on Mount Ebal for the curse. And these are the curses that you're supposed to shout out or speak out for all the people to hear. And look at chapter 27, 15. Cursed be the man who makes a carved or cast metal image. Verse 16. Cursed be anyone who dishonors his father or his mother. And do you notice anything? If you look down through verse 17, 18, 19, 20, all the way down all the way culminating in verse 26. Cursed be anyone who does not confirm the words of this law by doing them, and all the people shall say, Amen. I mean, think about that. You get into the land, I want everybody split up in two. Some are going to shout out the blessings, some are going to call out the curses. And you're going to read out all these curses. Cursed be you if you do this, 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 this. If you do it in secret, if your heart turns away from the Lord, if you don't love your neighbor, cursed be everybody who doesn't do the things in this law. And all the people are going to shout out, Amen, to this. I mean, think about that. This is what Moses wants them to do as soon as they get in to the land. They're, they're going to be calling out 
the curses on every person in the land whose heart turns away from loving God and loving their neighbor. Wow, the curse of the law, but this isn't it. You come into chapter 28 and look at chapter 28. You probably see two headings because it's not just about curses. There's a section of blessings, blessings from chapter 28, verse one, all the way down to verse 14. And the blessings, if they will obey, are amazing. You'll be blessed in the city. Verse three, if you obey the voice, you'll be blessed in the field. You'll have lots of children. You'll have lots of fruit. You'll have all that you need. Verse seven, the Lord will cause your enemies to be defeated. They'll come against you one way and flee seven ways. The Lord will establish you in the land. He'll open up his treasures of heaven for you. All of these things, you'll be the leaders. Your enemies will be fleeing from you. If you'll just obey the Lord, these are all the blessings. This is 28, 1 through 14. But then notice chapter 28, verse 15 begins the curses for disobedience. And how long do the curses go? Remember what we talked about when you're reading? The amount of space given to something might be an indication of something. The curses go from verse 15 all the way to verse 68. So you notice a whole section of curses, a little section of blessings offered for obedience, and then a massive section of curses. And I'm telling you, if you read them, they're gripping and they're so sad. And you think, I wish, I hope that never happens. I don't want, I wouldn't want that to happen to anybody. And basically the curses, so you're going to be, you're going to be cursed from the fruit of your womb to your flocks, to your food. There's going to be disease. There's going to be drought. But it's not just going to be that. Enemies will come in and destroy you. They're going to set up sieges against you. You'll be so hungry. You read some of this stuff. You're, going to, you're actually going to be eating your children because there's no food for you. And one day, You'll be thrust out of this land if you don't obey. The curses will fall on you. Then you come into chapter 29, and I just want to look at verse 4. Something that Moses says that you have to keep in mind. He says, to this day, 29.4, the Lord has not given you a heart to understand or eyes to see or ears to hear. Moses says, I've been leading you, and I realize that to today, this nation as a whole does not have the heart that it needs. And notice how he says it. God hasn't given you the heart that you need. Remember earlier, it's all about calling the people to love God from the heart, calling the people to circumcise their hearts. But here, Moses says, I know that even even to today, you don't have the heart that you need. You need God to give it to you or you're not going to obey him from the heart and you'll eventually experience the horrific curses. And then I want you to look at chapter 29 and look at verse 20. 
because if you read through this section, you'll realize there's all kinds of curses about what will happen to the nation as a whole, but the curses aren't just about the nation. Remember, curse be every person who doesn't do the words of the law. And here in chapter 29, verse 20, it says the Lord will not be willing to forgive this person who rebels in the stubbornness of his heart, but rather the anger of the Lord and his jealousy will smoke against that man. And the curses written in this book will settle upon him and the Lord will blot out his name from under heaven and the Lord will single him out from all the tribes of Israel for calamity in accordance with all the curses of the covenant written in this book of the law. I mean, think of the curse of the law of Moses. If you disobey, if you are stubborn in your heart, God will single you out among all the peoples. You'll never get away. The curses will fall on you if you disobey. This is what the people are supposed to rehearse as soon as they get into the land. You think, oh, wow. Would you want to, to be hearing those things? There are blessings, amazing blessings if you obey. But if you disobey, if you break God's laws, his curses are going to fall on you. And now you come into chapter 30, one of the most important sections to keep in mind in the entire Torah, the, the first five books of the Bible. Because throughout this section, it's always like, if you do this, this is what will happen. If you do that, this will happen. But as you keep reading, you're kind of like, you know what? I think Moses at least has a suspicion that the people are actually going to experience the blessing and the curse. In other words, I don't know that this is just so much if you happen to disobey, this will happen to you. I think Moses is sensing because the people don't have the hearts that they need that one day, someday, these curses are going to fall on the people. And look at chapter 30. This is where it becomes really clear. Verse 1, And when all these things come upon you, the blessing and the curse which I have set before you. You see that? Moses now is not if this happens. He says, look, there's going to be the blessing that's going to come on you in the land. I know it. And there's going to be the curses. I know it. But when those things have happened and you call them to mind among all the nations where the Lord your God has driven you. Now, what does that mean? Did you follow that? Moses and the people are not even in the land yet. Moses is giving this, when you get into the land, I want you to say all these things. But now he's saying what? There's going to be a day when the curses fall on you and you're going to be kicked out of the land. They're not even in it yet. And Moses is predicting a day after they get in it that they're going to be kicked out of it for their disobedience. And he says, when that happens, verse 2, and you return to the Lord your God, you and your children, verse 3, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and will gather you again. Verse 4, even if your outcasts are in the uttermost most parts of heaven. From there, the Lord your God will gather you. Verse 5, And the Lord your God will bring you into the land that your fathers possessed, that you may possess it, and it'll make you even more prosperous. Do you see it? Moses is with the people 
before they get into the land. He says, you're going to go into the land. You're going to be blessed in the land. Then you're going to be cursed and kicked out of the land. But one day, one day, someday, even on the other side of being exiled, you're going to come back to the Lord and God's going to bring you back and make you even more prosperous than anyone, than any generation has ever been. See, how can Moses be so sure that that'll happen? Look at verse 6. And the Lord your God will circumcise your heart and the heart of your offspring so that you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul that you may live. And Moses challenges them. The generation in front of him says, listen to God. His words are right here near you in your heart. Just trust and obey the Lord and it can go well with you. But yet he knows and he's making a prophecy at the end of his life about what's going to happen. And if you can keep it in your mind, you will understand the Old Testament that the people will go in. They'll be blessed, but then their hearts will be turned away and they'll be cursed. They'll be exiled. But on the other side of exile, there's hope in God that God will reach down into those stubborn hearts and he will do the transforming work in the hearts of his people so that they can fully love him like he's always wanted them to love him. And then the blessings, the floodgates of heaven will be opened for the people. This, this is Moses's prophecy of the days ahead, and it shapes the entire Old Testament story.